Hello there! It's Friday, which means it's time once again for the best movie podcast ever. The only movie podcast to offer objective and hyperbole-free discussion of every movie in the known universe. I am your host, the podcaster with no name, Conrad, and with me as always, Moses supposes his toasters are roses, but Moses supposes erroneously, it's Anthony James! Good afternoon, good evening, good night! Oh, that was a great one. I was I was really a deer in the headlights there because I was like really trying to figure out. I thought it would be a great idea in the moment to say good afternoon, good evening, good night, but in Spanish because of our main feature. Uh, but but no, I didn't know what they were. Buenas tardes. <laughs> yeah. Buenas noches. And I don't know the other one. Sorry. You're better than you're better than me. I, I knew it was buenas, I, buenas noches. I, the one I think I buenas, ta- buenas tardes might be good morning, actually. Sorry, my Spanish. That might even be Italian I'm speaking there. My <laughs> Listen, I apologize to all of our friends on, on, on like the, the, the continent of Europe. We've we've let you down there. <laughs> we, we, we've yeah. we've let you down. Anthony's let you down. But I'll tell you what's not going to let you down. Continent and of South America, actually. If you're and being and more... South America yeah. as well. All of them. Listen, let, just unilaterally, we apologize. What is yeah, not yeah. going to let you down is the best movie podcast ever this week. I'll tell you for yeah. why. We are dancing in the streets of the little Dominican Republic uh, with uh, John uh, M. Chu's In the Heights. Yep, that's the name of that movie. That's the one, yep. Um, we've got a, a big budget back to the feature. Not to give too much away, but a big budget back to the feature this week. And I'm going to talk about big robot anime for about half an hour in the news section. <laughs> Anthony, are you ready to talk about some gosh darn movies? Let's do it. Movies, we're here to talk about them. Um, I'm going to start in the only place that I can start, and that is with Mobile Suit Gundam, the compilation movies have been added to Netflix. Anthony, do you know anything about Gundam? Is this uh, a mech-based anime? It, uh, it's, excuse me, it's a mecha anime for a start. Uh, mechs- oh, I've got my, I've got my Overwatch talk on now. Do I? My yeah, mech- mechs yeah, yeah. are more Western, kind of like clunky things. Okay, mecha, you know, slightly more humanoid. But so uh, Gundam uh, nineteen seventy nine was the original series. Uh, it ran for, I think, like 150 episodes. They released like three compilation movies in the mid-80s with some updated animation. And they have added all three of them uh, in the original Japanese, plus uh, a, I guess you'd call it a sequel. The Gundam timeline is weird, but they've added a <laughs> a, a sequel called Charles Counterattack, uh, which takes place after another series called Zeta Gundam, which I have also seen, but is not on Netflix. Um, it's never been a better time than now to get into mecha anime and i really can't recommend it enough for everyone okay well, well now is it is it suitable for a child no could I, not could, in the slightest no okay okay no it's I'd like gundam gundam is very much like i got into gundam uh through as i think probably a lot of people in the uk did through gundam wing which was on uh cartoon network slash tsunami after dragon ball z in the late 90s and early 2000s and that one is just about a lot of robots like blowing up like cool robots blowing up a lot of stuff which very much appealed to me as a 15 year old and then i right. went back and watched a lot of it uh, a lot of the earlier series of gundam and and the later ones as well and it's really more about like kind of an anti-war stance and like the horrors of war that just happens to have cool robots in it um but, but you say it's like violence level is around the same as dragon ball z um I'd say it's still, more harrowing. Yeah, my my like, kids are still too young for it, but yeah, but like pe- people, like the deaths of, like I mean, it's you know, it, it's it's kind of 
it's you know it's cartoon violence and it's not gory or anything but it's quite harrowing you know like characters die in really meaningless sad ways um but it's it's great it's it's great stuff and um i wanted you know this is this is our podcast and i'm allowed to talk about mecha anime for as long <laughs> as i want and this is my mecha anime section so if you've ever so what's so what's coming out now then they're bringing out what a prequel sequel what uh well okay so there's like the, the, uh, here we go okay all right I, you did, I, I didn't want to do this but you forced my hand here so there there's are like time stamps in the bottom guys so there's a there's a thing called the universal century all right okay and the, the most of the early stuff in the gundam series including mobile suit gundam zeta gundam charles counter-attack and a couple of things after it take place in the early universal century but there's also late universal century there's also after colony i'm not going to get into all of that but basically the universal century stuff that's like the early universal century stuff that's your main series that's your bread and butter right there for you, for you and um everything that's been added to netflix uh is part of the early universal century the reason is is that there's a new gundam series or it might be a movie actually i haven't read that much about it uh called gundam hathaway uh which is about one of the main characters from rebel suit gundam's son uh that is coming to netflix in the next couple of weeks so they're prepping spin-off uh well yeah i mean it's a it's a direct sequel so they're priming the pump Mm -hmm. they're priming the pump for the for gundam hathaway to land on our shores uh i think yeah i think it's in the next couple of weeks i'm very excited about it um and i i would say anyone who's ever had even the slightest interest go do yourself a favor go and watch them they have dated a little bit but they're still great. They're so, so influential. Are they, are, are we say mecha. Are they like big transformers? No, no, no. Sorry, I mean uh, Power Rangers type mechas, or are they like uh, just like single solitary sort of avatar style mechas? Yeah, well, so you ha- it's a single pilot, and they do vary in height, but they're probably about like thirty meters tall. So you've got a single pilot. You know, you, you, that and, and there's no like kind of gestaltness. You know, you're not getting. Um, you're not getting like a Voltron or a Megazord situation here. Yeah. Like it's it's very much one pilot, and the pilot is normally a child soldier, and it does get into that being like, hey, maybe we shouldn't be asking eighteen year olds to uh, to kill people, in, or even younger than that in some cases. But um, yeah, it, it is phenomenal. I'm not going to talk too much more on it because I've already overstayed my welcome. I can feel it. I can sense the anxiety <laughs> in the air. The listeners are going like. I don't know how long this is going to go for. The listeners are happy that I have not seen it because otherwise we would have been talking about it for half an hour. Yeah, the the listeners are thanking their lucky stars that only one person on this podcast (laughs) is an anime nerd. Um, uh, I've seen a few. I've seen a few. Yeah, you've said yeah. You're you're well versed in the big stuff. You're just not not as deep, not as in the weeds as I am. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. But so okay, th- this is we're we're operating in this in this news section. We're operating on a one for me, one for you situation here. And Anthony, I know you're a big fan of Jerry Seinfeld. Um, well, so, I'm a big fan. A big fan of his work. I don't know about himself. Yeah, well, okay, yeah, sure, his work. Um, so the the natural question then is, what is the ideal project for Jerry Seinfeld in 2021? That's right, it's a movie about Pop Tarts. Are you excited, oh, Anthony? I was hoping you'd say B movie too. Uh, <laughs> no, he he does, he's not content with being a complete meme after the B movie. <laughs> now he's going to make a movie about the he's going to excuse me direct and star in a a movie about the creation of a Pop Tart. So hang on, is this? I was going to star in it. So is it going to be an animated film or is it going to be no, uh, no word, live no word yet? But I. Which would be worse? There's I think no, live action might be There's no worse. way this is good. I'm just going to go come no. out. I'll go out on a limb and say there's no way this is good. No. Um, I think that it's very like Jerry Seinfeld's done hardly any fiction comedy. Yeah. Uh, since he finished uh, the the show Seinfeld, he did, yeah he did B movie. Yep. Okay. That went that went how it went. I <laughs> I, I it has its place in the world. Like let's yep. be honest. I, like it, the Honey Trial. Like it's strange movie. We'll say that, but. 
But he hasn't done much else. I, I, he's just, you know what he's done? He's actually like, pr- he's produced game shows and stuff. And done oh, is like, that what he co- Okay. And I he also he does comedians doing, um, in cars. Comedians yeah. in cars getting coffee. That's like uh, literally the only thing I know I know him for post-Seinfeld, I think. Well, he was made he, so he, much money. You know what I mean? Uh, was he, he Curb Your Enthusiasm? I can't remember. He was. Actually, he's been in it a few times. And actually, I will say, if anyone... If anyone is a fan of Seinfeld but hasn't watched Kirby Enthusiasm, probably not many of you out there. But even if you're not, if you have even a cursory idea of what Seinfeld was, they never did a they never did a reunion. Also, I will go out on a limb and say neither did Friends. Uh, so even though they have a film called The Friends Reunion, I started watching it the other day and it's literally just James Corden talking to them. Uh, oh my god! I w- we'll we'll come back to that in a second because <laughs> holy shit, that thing. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> I, I didn't watch it all. I have to be honest. I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, but but basically, um, they did. Seinfeld did do a reunion, but you never really know about it because it's in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, okay. Curb, so Curb did like a three or four episode uh, uh, sort of arc where they made the Seinfeld reunion show within Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, okay. And it's that really sounds great. Good. I never. I, yeah. I, I I very much like kind of. Uh, kind of dropped in and out of Curb Your Enthusiasm, just saw odd episodes. I always liked it, I know, but I never like properly committed mm-hmm. to watching it, and I didn't see those, but I should I should check those out. I think it's like season seven, potentially, I think. That's okay. All right. Well, I mean, he's not doing that. He's doing a movie about the creation of the Pop-Tart. Netflix are producing it um, because... Jerry Seinfeld just wants to be a meme now, I think. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be like the Michael Keaton film, The Founder. But about I wonder Pop-Tarts. if it's gonna be like that. Actually, um, I never saw The Founder. I assumed that it was a snidey piece of kind of pro corporate propaganda and um, didn't watch it. But no, it actually wasn't pro corporate. Weirdly enough, actually, oh, okay. the the creators of uh, McDonald's were very clearly shown to have been uh, rinsed in that film. They actually, oh, okay. they I, I by the end of it, I did not like McDonald's. Uh, like so. But maybe like it wasn't as harsh as it could have been, but they definitely, definitely showed the story of Michael Keaton's character taking the business and stealing it from the actual McDonald brothers. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, maybe this will be like that. Maybe it'll be a smash hit of the summer. Who knows? Fast mm. Nine is is the reigning champion at the moment, but you know, it's wet. Why? They're going to space. Yeah. I don't know why I'm talking about Fast Nine as well because this movie's clearly not going to come out this year. It's going to be out in like. <laughs> two years time probably but fast 11 or whatever maybe this maybe will we be should the one do fast the... nine next week i haven't even seen I, that'd be funny actually because i haven't even seen tokyo drift that's the last one i saw <laughs> oh, i was like my part i was going to mention this to you and uh potentially off air but we'll have the discussion here my partner's a big fast and the furious fan i think i've seen the last one i've seen all of them I couldn't tell you what happens in most of them, to be honest. But maybe we'll I am up now. for binging them. I'm up for binging them this week. I really am. Uh, I've never, I've only seen Tokyo Drift. I've never seen it since it stopped being about cars. Uh, okay, that was a while ago. That was yeah. like that was like <laughs> Fast and Furious, the reboot that was. I think was the fifth one. I can't even remember. I'm so out of touch with it. I think this one's got John Cena in it. That's all I know about this. It one. It does because uh, the rocks on it. You have to get John Cena. Yeah, that's how it works. Um, okay, so uh, like, w- I'm just going to briefly stop over in something that we said we were going to mention, uh, and that is, who keeps on giving James Corden jobs? Uh, because I feel like he's a national embarrassment at this point. James, James, it's interesting actually, like, because I don't, I don't hate James Corden. Having said that, I am very sickened by him. Uh, <laughs> would you, would you say you were disgusted with him? Yeah, I'm I'm disgusted with him. Peter Rabbit, come on, that's not that's not Peter Rabbit. As as Mark Commode says, it should just be called the very annoying rabbit. But <laughs> basically, James Corden has went to America where he's he's he commodified being annoying overweight English in English. Man. That's 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 it. His, back back whenever he was 
I'm, I'm going to be honest, right? As if he's Pe- got that market cornered. Yeah, <laughs> people who are also football fans, like soccer fans, uh, go and watch James Corden and the England team when he was being smithy. I watched that on YouTube, recommended that to me uh, probably a couple of weeks ago. And I oh, you remember- haven't seen it? I, no, I had seen it, but I went and rewatched it. And I remember watching it at the time and being like, this is great. And I watch it now and I'm like, this is the reason we lost that World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not even going to talk. Obviously, I don't want England to win. But, uh, but, but, but I mean, uh, but I mean I, it is good. It is good. It's just that obviously now he's just everywhere. So when you yeah. watch that, it's also poisoned. But he, he has done funny stuff in his career. It's really interesting that he's become like the, the late night show host where he's 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 like created like this carpool karaoke and yeah. he's all he's, he's everywhere how does he do so much films like what's going I, on i um i don't know if i agree that he's done any, some as funny things in his career at this point you i just think, said you used to laugh i, at I, his, I like, used England to things. yeah when i was when i was like 20 and didn't have any taste and now i've now i've, <laughs> <laughs> now I've grown up and realized what a fool i was he's, um, he's grown up and he's all he's very excited for the new gundam Yes, well, if he, I tell you what, that would get me back on board with James Gunn. If he, uh, I just called him James Gundon, James <laughs> James Gordon. Um, if he came out as a Gundam fan, that would get me. That would be enough to get me back on board with him. And we will come back to Carpool Karaoke later because that's going to relate to the movie we're about to talk about. In all right, go. Okay. But he, but he is very annoying. I do agree with you. Yeah. Um, so the last bit of this news segment, more again, one for one for you, one for me. Um, June has been June, rather not June the month, but June the Denise Villeneuve uh, mm-hmm. movie about deserts and sandworms, and uh, you know. Yeah, I really wanted to see that actually, but I didn't. Timothy Chalamet doing doing. Oh, stuff it's not and... out yet. It's not out no, yet. No, so actually, it's yeah. been moved back to the twenty uh, second uh, of October of this year. Mm. Um, it's gotten out of the way of that there James Bond film um, because that's got a that's got a, a set date now. So What's that moved... one called again? Something about death. Time to kill. I think. I, 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 time I, to I, die. No time, time to, to die. Or something. No like time that? to die. Yeah, something yeah. like that. It's always it's always about death. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so the interesting thing about this news is that it's been moved back three weeks to get out of the way of. Um, uh, that there james bond um and it'll now release on the same weekend a, a weekend that may very well kill me uh because it's releasing on the same weekend as the french dispatch which is the new wes anderson movie the animated mm-hmm. movie about journalists yeah. uh, jackass 4 which i will be seeing uh, uh and last night in soho which is an edgar wright movie about like kind of a thriller set in 60s london starring anya taylor joy so yeah. i will i might not leave the cinema that weekend i uh, might have to do my record again because yeah. I've done I've done four films in the cinema in one day before. I'm probably gonna have to do it again. I, I'm just gonna have to see all of those. And and also Edgar Wright's got two movies out this year. Like somehow he's got uh, Last Night in Soho, and he's also got The Sparks Brothers, which is a documentary about the eponymous band The Sparks Brothers, who I don't really know anything about. But that's coming out in a couple of months. I want to say. Well, I think I'm actually at the point now where I can justify because because the COVID restrictions are easing. I can justify re getting my um all access pass to the cinema again it's like 13 pounds a month you know? yeah use it while use it while you can i wish i had access to something like that um but yeah so that that weekend in october is gonna be nuts and if all goes well you may not hear from me again after it because i'll have died <laughs> as a, just like an, an atrophied husk in the cinema having not drunk anything <laughs> for 48 hours um but that's gonna do it for our news section i had my gundam talk we've had our jerry seinfeld pop tart talk we've had our june talk which is going to lead us quite naturally into the absolute opposite of a of a desert planet this is a verdant rainforest of content that we're heading into now it is of course your favorite and mine the exciting new game show feature no yeah 
game show feature. I've, I, I tripped myself up there by saying one of the words in the title. You can tell I'm professional at this. It's back to the feature! <laughs> oh, say it every week, but I am so excited. I'm so excited. Are. I'm going to get this. Could this be the five-point week? Who knows? Could be. I can't. There's there's something I want to say about this that I can't say because I worry I worry that it will immediately give away what movie this is. Okay. So I'm not going to say anything, but we'll, we'll 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 get to that at the end. Hello and welcome to Back to the Feature. If you haven't seen this before, it's the exciting new game show feature where I have selected a movie from 25 years ago today, and Anthony will have five opportunities to guess. Uh, that movie each time he hears a clue it will lower the score he receives by one uh, and of course please play along at home anthony are you ready i'm ready okay here we go without further ado here's back to the feature yes clue clue the first clue one <laughs> this movie holds the record for the most miniature model work to ever appear in one film by number of miniatures is how that's calculated, I, I should add. Interesting. Most miniatures ever to appear in a film. I couldn't believe that this was true, to be honest. Okay. Now, my my brain is immediately going Star Wars because I know that Star Wars... If, is 96 too early? I think it is too early. I think it's too, I think it's too early for The Phantom Menace. Yeah, definitely. As I saw it in the cinema, and I remember it vividly. Um, okay, so it's not. It's How not did you that. Forget it? <laughs> All the exciting parts of the Phantom Menace with the international trade <laughs> trade talk. I mean, it was fantastic. Like the, the you, you forget that. Yeah, that was pretty boring. But the lightsaber through the door. Come on. Um, <laughs> right. Um, let me see. So it's not that. Have it. Having said that, I do know that there was more practical effects in the Phantom Menace than there was in any of the previous three. People forget. Don't know that actually. Um, so the most miniatures ever used on on in a film. It's a big one, ninety six. I think I've we've talked about Titanic before. I don't think that was ninety six either. Most miniatures. So I'm thinking it has to be something to do with like I'm assuming miniature sets. Wouldn't just be all miniature spaceships or anything like that. Um. Miniature sets, I'm thinking. I'm going to push you for an answer. Um, I've, I think I've sort of talked myself in a, around in a circle here. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to get it here. Um, but um, I don't want to say Star Wars because I know it's wrong. Um, I'm going to say I don't know what I'm going to say, Conrad. You can pass. Pass is an acceptable answer. Is that the name of the film? <laughs> One day it will be. All right. Okay. Um, it surprised you that there was the most miniatures ever used, right? I'm just gonna do it again. Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> Spaceships, you know. It's not Armageddon. It's a good. It's a good guess, and I like to. I like to hear the process. He working through. Uh, the, the you logicking these things out. I'm working hard. Working hard. Okay. Clue the second. The enormous hype around this movie's release caused Warner Brothers to delay the release of Mars Attacks to Christmas and Steven Spielberg to temporarily cancel his plans to direct War of the Worlds, which he would later pick back up in 2005. So it's Steven Spielberg. I don't know if this will help you anymore. Okay. So the hype around the film, that makes me think that Steven Spielberg directed this. Um, 
Could be the Lost World. Could be the Lost World, which is around the same time. The reason I know that is because we went to the cinema and my brother and my dad went to see the Lost World and I went to see Jungle to Jungle famously. <laughs> we all know who made the better choice there. I don't know if I've ever actually seen Jungle to Jungle. Oh, you got to. We'll do it as a special one. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Trials and Tribulations of Tim Allen's career. <laughs> More trials. Yeah. And yes, inclu- including his YouTube channel now where he's literally paying thousands to have someone redo a car for him. Uh, right. Um, okay, so I'm just going to guess The Lost World, I think. Okay, let's check with the computer. It is not The Lost World. Oh. It's a good guess, but it's not right. Third clue. Now we're into the we're into the pressure cooker. Now this is where Spielberg. things get interesting. This I do was... have another one in my mind. I'm thinking of, but okay. Um, this was the highest grossing movie movie of 1996, earning 817 million dollar dues worldwide. What I know. One highest might say grossing. completely unearned as well. <laughs> highest grossing. Steven Spielberg's involved somehow. He must be. Um, I, I haven't explicitly said Spielberg is involved. I know, I know, I know that, I know that. But why would you mention that he had to delay something? Um, I imagine he had to delay because he's working on this. You know, mm. can you reread me the second clue? Actually, yeah. Uh, so the enormous hype around this movie's release caused Warner Brothers to delay the release of Mars Attacks to Christmas and Steven Spielberg to can- temporarily cancel his plans to direct War of the Worlds, which he would later pick back up in two thousand five. So originally, I think he was choosing a War of the Worlds movie that was going to come out. In 1996. Right. Okay. <clears throat> this is difficult. You're gonna, you will. I'm go, I'm confident saying this now because we're over halfway through the clues. You are gonna kick yourself if you don't get this one. Right. Okay. Fifth Element. Oh, it's a lovely shout. Lovely mention for one of my favorite movies. It is yeah. not the Fifth Element, but it's a great, great shout. Um, don't know why Steel Spielberg would be involved in that. I don't know why there would be so much hype for it, you know. But still, I, I'll be interested to see if you get it on this next one. Let's see. Let's find out together. Fourth clue: The U.S. military had agreed to allow shooting to take place on their bases and to consult with the actors playing military roles, but pulled out when they learned that a portion of the movie would take place at Area Fifty One. Hmm. Okay, it's making me think of a few things. I'm thinking of Close Encounters of a Third Kind. That was too late for that. <laughs> yep, that was 1979, I believe. I <laughs> know, uh, it wasn't Spielberg's, that late. Yeah. It wasn't that far back. Area 51. Oh! Got it. I'm going to ask you for an answer. I don't know if I've got it, but I think I do. Is it um, Independence Day? Let's check with the computer. Very poker face to this. It is Independence Day. He's done it. He's absolutely <laughs> Thank God. done it. The thing that I was I was gonna say was like, all you have to do is look at the date like that's coming up like for the next like Friday and be like, well, okay, that's definitely gonna. Oh be yeah, yeah, yeah. Fourth <laughs> of July. Fourth yeah, of July. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. is uh, is coming up uh, after this, so that's definitely when they wanted to release oh, it. Oh, I'm so glad I got it though, because I I'm, I was so afraid of not because I haven't the first time we did it I didn't get it and I haven't I've got it every single time yeah. since. You've done like you you've um you've done. Your 
yourself proud there. Like you pulled that one out of the bag, having struggled. I think that that Steven Spielberg uh, <clears throat> avenue threw you th- threw you for a bit of a loop. He must have he must have produced it. No, I think he he just was gonna make another kind of aliens invade the earth oh, movie, and gotcha. this did so well that he was like, well, I'm not fucking making that. Like, okay. and, and left it until 2005 when he okay. Made it again. Out of curiosity, in what way is Will Smith mentioned in the last clue? He's actually not. He's not. I went for obviously the better choice here, which is Bill Pullman. Gold. Um, oh, I think like, Goldberg. Goldberg. <laughs> Goldberg. No, that I should. Uh, that should have hey, been. Man. Yeah, <laughs> I could have done that. Must go faster. Must go faster. Like like that. He that Jeff Goldblum reprises in this from his role in Jurassic Park. But no, famously but, hacked into an alien yeah. spaceship. Yeah, with an Apple computer. Um, <laughs> I think it's Apple. It might be Microsoft. Either way, it would, it wouldn't work. I can tell you that right now. Um. <laughs> My, the final clue would have would have been President. This is actually quite interesting. President Bill Pullman's speech. I actually wrote mm-hmm. it as Bill Bullman, but that's not his name. Bill Pullman's speech in this movie was filmed on August sixth, nineteen ninety five, in front of an old airplane hangar which used to house the Enola Gay, the plane which dropped the atomic bomb on Hiroshima exactly fifty years earlier on August sixth, nineteen forty five. Just a weird little moment of synchronicity. That interesting, very interesting. Also, very interesting to know that they literally filmed that. 11 months before the film came out that's yeah. cool yeah um yeah that, that that seems like a sort of classic roland emmerich move of just being like kind of there's some significance here and uh and and, and deciding to do it uh but yeah so there you go independence day that came out 25 years ago today 817 million dollars that made in yeah in 1996 that I is ridiculous. had no i mean i knew it was a success but i had no idea it was that much of a success that is outrageous for a film that is okay at best that's good i'll be honest with you that is good well, we're going to move from quite naturally now from back to the feature, talking about one movie which is a commercial success to one that seems like it might be a commercial success. That's the best segue I've got. Um, it's yeah. the movie that it's the movie that we're here to uh, to uh, to talk about, and it is of course in the Heights. It's in cinemas now. It's uh, John M. Chu's. Is it? I want to say it's the ne- the the most recent film he's directed since Crazy Rich Asians. I don't think he's done anything else. Um, but it's an, an adaptation of the Lin-Manuel Miranda musical. First things first, Anthony, credibility check. Are you a musical fan? What is your favourite musical? I am a musical fan. I have lots of favourite musicals. They're all different types of musicals. Yep. I... You've seen Hamilton and extolled its virtues to me. It is very, very good. I don't know... Yeah. I. I... I you know I am I would be tempted like in my Hamilton phases where I like listen to it for a long then I like take breaks maybe I would say in those phases that it's my favorite but I think that's a bit um I'm a big lover of uh I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big big lover of Les Miserables I'm a big big lover of Calamity Jane would you believe I've never um, seen Calamity Jane actually you got to take yourself to the Windy City boy and you got to <laughs> see that because it is it is good um yeah so uh, I also little little known fact I was I was uh, the lead role in school of rock I'll set you up for this one there you go yeah Eat your heart out a... richard linklater yeah i was also in oliver played bill sykes bill sykes uh so to sort of did my best conrad impression for that one oi, um, oi. yeah the traditional bill sykes impersonation bonson burner you know uh, i'm a cockney <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's what i was doing basically um so yeah big 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 musical fan um okay. have ha- had ne- i'd listened to this this is interesting actually uh, I'd listened to In the Heights once, uh, all the way through on the album about six years ago, um, and it didn't like. I liked it. I did like it, but it didn't like stay with me 
the way it will it will now. Now that I've actually seen, you know, now that I've actually seen it and I've seen the songs, not to say it's my favorite. We'll get into it, but it will stay with me more now. Is what I'll say as a sort of a heads up. What about you? What musicals okay. do you like? Um, well, so I mean, talking about Lin Manuel Miranda, my only real exposure to him is Mary Moana. Poppins Returns. Um, no, well, I, did he do the music for Moana? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay, so that's that's actually probably my favorite thing that he's done then because i didn't realize he did the music he, he was in mary poppins returns he plays the he played the kind of uh dick van dyke ad well dick yeah. van dyke is in that movie but dick van dyke analog of the awful cockney accent yeah. lamplighter american guy yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah but he didn't actually write the music for that either and obviously uh he was in that one episode of james corden's carpool karaoke which is uh which has worked out quite nicely for us in uh, mm-hmm. in time this back to our original discussion oh there you go yeah. um but yeah i've never moana i guess actually sort of does change my opinion of him slightly because i haven't seen hamilton and um i haven't loved most of his like performances as an actor and i haven't loved most of the music that I've heard of his. His 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 skill is his skill is composure and and, and writing musicals, yeah. to be honest with you. The acting it's okay. Yeah. Um but I think so for me, I, I really do like musicals. I tend to go for more of like the kind of golden uh, golden age of like Hollywood kind of stuff, like your Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. Um I think mm-hmm. Singing in the Rain is one of my favourite movies and obviously that's Cary Grant. Um but um Cary Grant? No, that's not right. Gary um Gene Kelly, not Cary Grant. Um but that that's a that's an amazing movie. Um, I, more recently, I really enjoyed La La Land. I think that was probably the last musical. That La La I loved. Land was all right. I, I actually didn't really like it. To I be think with that you. movie was quite divisive. Like I, I loved that movie. Did very um, well. Did very well. It, yeah, it did. It won an Oscar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or did <Yeah>. it? <laughs> it, yeah. it, won, it won an Oscar for about five minutes until they took it away and gave it to Moonlight, which was probably the right choice. Um, but well, yeah. it was the right choice because they won. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They they were technically the correct choice, which is the best kind of correct. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I, but I I loved La La Land. I was also. I know we don't we don't like to indulge the phrase guilty pleasure here on the parish uh, BMP, but I have a bit of a soft spot for the Greatest Showman. I know it's a trash fire. It's badly written. None of the characters are good, but the music in that is pretty good. I know only know a few bits of music from that. I haven't watched it yet because I've been waiting for lockdown to end so I can watch it on my brother's big screen. Uh, but I I am, in terms of musicals, obviously there are ones that are trying to be more sort of serious. There's also, the, there's an idea that it is glorifying uh, Barnum, I think, isn't it? Yeah. P.T. Barnum, yeah. It very yeah. much like kind of like whitewashes the fact that he was probably exploiting some fairly vulnerable people to kind of create the circus as we as we know it today. Yeah, and he wasn't one around in real life, probably by a song. But uh, no. basically, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that film yet. I, I think I probably will like it. I think I, I, you know how I don't really like the, the term guilty pleasure. Having yeah. said that, in musicals, there's no such thing as guilty pleasures. You can love the stupid ones, and you can love the more serious ones, oh, and absolutely. it's all fine. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I and I think so. The reason I wanted to get that out of the way early, say, look, we're all musical fans here. We're all coming into this from a from a position of wanting to love it, and I I absolutely was. Um, and I guess we we have to get into sort of general thoughts now. And let, well, let's start with you because I, I I suspect you might be a little bit more positive than I am. How how did you how did you feel coming out of this movie? What was your sort of general general takeaway? I actually really I actually really like this film. Yeah, I actually really like this movie. I'm going to be honest with you. And I before I went to see it, I will confess that Conrad had told me. I asked him how he thought it was. He said he he said he enjoyed it, but but he said that he had an issue with the pacing. Now I was listen. I was I actually. 
I'm not going to say that I didn't notice that. Um, and we will get into that as well in the more spoilery section. But sort of halfway through, as usually happens with musicals before the big intermission, they have a big moment. And then the second half is always sort of picking up from that moment and, and different. I think that the when I when you view it as not a film, but as like a filmed musical, mm. it worked really well for me. I, I I was pretending it was like that. I think the pacing fit exactly. I think to to fix that issue, they would have had to rewrite the the musical more to make it fit as a film. And maybe you could ask the question: Well, what was the point of making a film then? And that's a, that's a fair question. That's a fair question. Yeah, I I, I think I it's interesting you mentioned you know the idea of like viewing it as a musical rather than mm-hmm. a film because I think one of the things I I really felt about this is. So talking about things that I did like about this, the music is very catchy, really well mm-hmm. performed. I think all the music is really good, and and there are some, there are some moments they're quite frustratingly uncommon. But when when the kind of choreography and the um uh, the the just the the kind of production design of the musical mm-hmm. the big musical numbers is kind of let off the leash. I yeah. feel like the movie really, really soars in those moments. There's there's a couple in particular that we'll talk about when we get into proper spoilers yeah. um, that I thought, oh, wow, this is really getting good. But I think uh, that one of the problems I had with it is that I felt like John M. Chu didn't really know how to shoot musical sequences. And I was I was watching it thinking, I bet this would be really good on the stage because it's all in front of you. You know, you just get to see the dancing, you get to sit like hear the, hear the musical performances and you get to mm-hmm. enjoy the set all in kind of one shot. And there's probably moving parts as there, there often are in, in, in uh, West End or Broadway musicals, but it's a lot, there, there's a lot less need to kind of keep the camera moving around. Um, and yeah, I felt it, I felt it struggled a bit in presenting some, some of its musical numbers. I mean, I would, I wouldn't disagree with that. There were certain musical numbers which I thought they did very well. Uh, there was, and and maybe that is because they were leaning fully into bringing the sort of stage version onto the onto the onto the screen. But there's, there's the number in the middle performed by the abuela, uh, where mm. it properly sort of shifts out of being in a, being in the film atmosphere and just yeah. becomes like a like a music video almost. Yeah. And they they're, they're marrying certain things from the set into into lighting, and it's really lovely. I like that. I, I like when they did that. Um, and also because that was the abuela singing it, there was less you know movement in terms of herself, so the camera was able to slowly follow her around. Yeah. Um, I I liked the scene like there's a, there's a scene where um, characters dance on the side of a building. I thought that was quite well done. Um, I wonder how I, that's done. Actually, that one in particular, I was like, I wonder how they do this in the in the stage show because I assume that that's not an invention for the movie. Uh, I, I assume that that's pulled from. Uh... I actually did assume that it was, but actually they could actually have some sort of rig on the stage which does like move, yeah. and as they climb out of the window, it changes for them. You know, they they could do something like that. I suppose. I I suppose if they did do that, I think I, I'm I'm pretty into musicals. I think I maybe would have heard about that in that show. Yeah. <laughs> having set, and I think that originally when it first came out, like it's not like it was a huge budget thing, so it would it would it would surprise me, but. Uh, to be honest with you, nothing surprises me. Maybe they, maybe it is in, but but um, but yeah. So I I I liked it. I I I like the story of the yeah. film. I, I like the the film basically follows um a character called Usnavi uh who when we go into the spoilers we'll talk about where the name comes from, which is funny. <laughs> but it follows him as he's sort of deciding whether or not to. Well, he's actually no, not deciding whether or not he's actually committing to yeah, and planning to, yeah. to, to go to the Dominican Republic and sort of where he was born and, and go back there 
and uh, and start up a business because he's he he has like sells coffee and he has like a little um a shop, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's about him sort of saying goodbye to the community and sort of reflecting upon that, but it's also laced as well with the, and I think it's quite. I think it's nicely done, to be honest with you. the the the, the political story of uh, of these dreamers who are mm. are brought when they're when they're very young to the to America, or they 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 are born in America by parents who are who are not legal. Let's say I don't I don't know how, what the actual correct term would be, yeah. but um, I know what one side of the political spectrum would call them illegal, but I don't really know what the what the term uh, that would be fitting for them actually would be. Yeah. But basically, they don't have pay, they don't have official papers, so when their children are born um they they aren't citizens and and it goes through the struggles that they have like they can't go to college they can't get driver's licenses and it also shows how hard the struggle is to get citizenship having said that i will say this is me drawing all of that out of it i would actually say that they do it not subtly but they don't they don't linger on those moments as much as as much as something else would they actually it's all there for you to see, and and then the message is there. But they actually stick a lot to the emotion of the community, rather than just being like, you know, this is what it's like for us. We're terrible. This is really bad. They actually do it in a very positive way. I find actually. Yeah, I think um, they don't. So I, I think yeah, broadly, the the narrative. There's I guess there's like a kind of three pronged narrative here about three characters who kind of dream of leaving um, Washington Heights for other parts or i guess you could say four actually including the the salon um these characters who are dreaming of leaving for Mm -hmm. pastures new and it kind of explores the ways in which they achieve that and how it affects them so you've got a character who's gone off to stanford university and has come back Mm -hmm. because they're very unhappy um you've got a character who works in a nail salon who wants to uh, be a fashion designer and move move like downtown um closer to central Ma- manhattan i assume is where the, the fashion mm-hmm. industry tends to be um and then you've got usnavi um and i think the setup for those definitely worked for me i was in, in invested in the characters i think before we get into into spoilers which we will do we will do in a second the, the one thing i will say is that i i, I think the the central romantic relationship between uh, Anthony Ram- Ramos's character and Melissa Barrera mm-hmm. didn't really work for me. I never really bought them as a romantic couple, and I was actually much more invested in Corey Hawkins and Leslie Grace's characters, uh, mm-hmm. who are kind of shunted off into a, a side plot um, to a certain extent. And I, that was one of the things I found a bit disappointing about this. Um, and uh, and yeah, to mm-hmm. mention that the the pacing as well it was actually. I felt like starts really fast and then it sort of meanders its way to finding its plot because as you say it's 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 got these kind of three narratives of people trying to leave but it doesn't really do anything with them until about two-thirds of the way through the movie um and it is kind of just in it's allowing you to kind of live in the world that it creates and i think i can totally understand why someone would Mm -hmm. enjoy that but for me it didn't didn't really give me much to latch on to kind of story-wise yeah, I see. I see what you mean, and I think that might be might be where, like, if you were writing this as a film, like someone pitched you the idea and you're writing it as a film, then it would be a very different film, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. <clears throat> I think I think that like the idea of like the first half up until where the intermission would normally be, it really is just like sort of getting your finger fingertips into Washington Heights, yeah, like the community. and sort of sh- and sort of showing you what they're going to be leaving, I suppose. Yeah. Um. The the criticism you have there about the the main sort of romantic uh, storyline and how it didn't sort of really work for you, I didn't actually even reflect upon that to be honest with you. But I I think I can see why you say that. Um. I think that 
I did I did think it was more ge- the other one was maybe a little more genuine I suppose yeah um and maybe it's the way that it was maybe it's the way that they they, they were introduced maybe like it was introduced that like like Vanessa I think the character's name is and is Navi like yeah there there wasn't really the same pull towards each other yeah you know it was almost sort of like sort of childish flirting for a lot of it yeah uh and then the moments where they sort of do go get together they're still not really fully together and 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 actually there seemed to be a there was more history in the other two characters like they'd been together before and when we like you know we could maybe cross over into spoiler talk now yeah so i was i was gonna say i think that this is quite a natural place for us to say we're gonna start talking about spoilers here guys so if you want to see this movie or you haven't haven't seen it yet this is the point where you probably want to probably want to tune us out, or you know, just listen and have the movie ruined for you. It's not that it's not really. We, the kind we, of movie we can't, we can't ruin stuff. the music. Like we can't ruin the music for you, yeah. so you'll still enjoy it. Um, but my, yeah, so my, my, yeah. So my point is, moving into spoilers, then is that at the end of the film, this is interesting actually, because at the end of the film, Usnavi and Vanessa haven't even had their second date yet. So no, no. like it's it's like it's I mean, like, uh, you could say they haven't really had a first date because their fir- their, their first date is kind yeah. of disrupted by I think I think that was actually the, like uh not to not to interrupt you but I think no. the bit the bit where I was um I started to kind of check out of that central relationship is when they have their first date and they go to a club and and he's like all nervous and he's like oh no you go dance with these other guys who are chatting you up cuz he's not very assertive and he starts dancing with other girls and it just felt like they missed a big part of the relationship like obviously romantic like kind of comedy drama you always have the bit where there's a there's a misunderstanding or a falling out in the like the that happens in the middle of the second act and they need to have some obstacle to overcome before they get back together and uh you know everything's fine or maybe it's not but i felt like they didn't really have the bit before that where it's like oh these guys are clearly in love with each other and they're made for each other i know what you mean i think for me I think maybe I didn't. Maybe I I did like it, but I but I but I get every criticism you're making is fair. I think, but I, but I think maybe it's because I'm putting a lot of weight on the musical moments that the relationship had. Yeah, and I, and I like like the 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 song Champagne at the end where she comes and to give him the champagne and it's such a cracking song. I just love it. And also like yeah. even the finale, whenever it's like I'm staying here, you know, and like at the end when their daughter's like looking in the camera, like. Who I'm pretty sure is the little little girl from I Spy with Dave Batista, I will say. Uh, <laughs> I think she is. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. What so, a career! Like, what a career yeah, so far. What a, what a career! Like that look in the camera, she perfectly. Like it was so yeah. good. But but but, I think it's maybe those big musical moments is convincing me that it was a better relationship than it was. To be honest with you, well, I mean, you know, it's it's a it's a case of feel, really. This, like, I just I think. I can't really objectively say, oh, it was badly performed or whatever. Mm. I just, they just, they didn't have, I think it was, it was a two prong thing for me that their chemistry didn't really feel quite there. I didn't feel like they'd built up the relationship enough. And as, as, as you've kind of said, when you've got Corey Hawkins and uh, I, I can't actually remember the characters' names now, but Corey Hawkins and Leslie Grace's characters there who just seem to have a much more natural chemistry with each other. And they are kind like, so uh, Leslie Grace's character is the one who has gone to Stanford, come yep. back because she feels like she's only there as like a token uh latinx character uh, latinx individual and you know she's not treated with the respect she deserves she was like searched on her first day because her roommate's necklace went missing and all this kind of stuff and she comes mm-hmm. back and then that whole plot line <clears throat> is just kind of resolved off screen really like they don't really do anything with this plot line and i, I guess i was kind of disappointed because i was like i really like these characters i want leslie grace to be the main character because <laughs> because that's the story i'm really interested in hearing about um and I, from what I understand as well, I could be wrong here, um, but I think 
hers and 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 um and Corey Hawkins's character's relationship in the musical is a lot more as they spend a lot more time on it there. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Like, fair enough. I, I think I, I think they could have shifted that to be the main one and like sort of have them both du- dueling. I think Usnavi's story himself is like the central theme, mm. isn't it? To to the idea of like wanting <laughs> to leave and then wanting to leave and then realizing that your community and your home is where yeah. you, is where your your community is. Um, so I think that he would have to be like still the main thrust of the story. But definitely they they could have they could have done more with them. Mm. I thought I thought it was interesting, like the idea that. Um, you know, her her father was selling the selling the thing for her, and I think that it's Jimmy interesting Smith as well. Play, play, her father played by Jimmy Smith. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Of uh, which one is he in? He's in one of the Star Wars movies. He's in loads of stuff. But I, I was like, oh, that's oh, Leia's yeah, dad from Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, to be honest with you, he actually, um, it felt it felt to it felt to me like that storyline had maybe kind of been done before. Maybe that's why, yeah. like the, yeah, the idea of. True. Yeah, the idea of like you know parents supporting their their children in university and the child like sort of not wanting them to sell their business to do it, I think that's a, maybe trod that's trodden territory. So maybe that's why they sort of put it back. But but I, I love the moment where she comes back and realizes because at the start of the film you weren't necessarily against her, even though I felt like she was making the wrong decision about quitting because of the the reason she gave. But I liked that she came to the conclusion herself, um, and she came back and she was like, you know, actually we need to go and we need to fight. I thought I thought. I just love the messages of this. I, I thought yeah. and it was really interesting. A lot of some of the stuff, like you know, <clears throat> I mean, I would be interested to know if the moment where like stuff like the the, the moment where Vanessa is cat called was that in the original musical fifteen years ago. I really am interested to know that because mm-hmm. if so, there's a lot of issues in this thing that Lin Manuel Miranda has brought to the forefront a long time ago, and it makes me feel like a really ignorant white white person because I didn't. I didn't become aware of these issues until like five years ago, maybe. Um, and therefore it's interesting that this, they were so boiled to the surface, even 15 years ago mm. that Lin-Manuel Miranda was winning Tony's for a musical about them. And we still uh, are living in a world where these dreamers haven't got permanent status or haven't been told, you know, every three, four years they have to uh, get something passed to let them stay. It's ridiculous that it's still going to be honest with you. Yeah. And I, I do kind of like so. I mean, I, I guess like the the main thrust of that that you're talking about is um, uh, I just need to look up his name, Gregory Diaz the fourth's uh, character, Sonny, who it com- becomes clear about two thirds away yeah. through the movie is um, the son of uh, someone who doesn't have like legal status, yep. uh, legal domicile in in um, America. So he finds out that he will not be able to go to college. Um, and I, I, I that was one of the things that I did really like, and I kind of wish they'd done more on actually was ending on this quite bittersweet note for his story arc where mm-hmm. um usnavi finds a huge amount of money in this movie and chooses to dedicate it to sunny to pay his legal fees and try and get him a green card um but it's it's framed very much as this might not work because even <clears throat> even and, and i i think that actually the, the one of the, my favorite musical numbers in this is the big uh, ninety six thousand musical number yeah. in the swimming pool, and yeah. I, I love it because it's a, this really upbeat musical number where everyone's singing about uh, what they're going to do with this money, and it 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 really worked for me as um, a kind of juxtaposition of what what like most people would consider rich. I'm not say ninety six thousand isn't a lot of money, but <clears throat> it's not. This isn't like 
the biggest sum of money in the world but it's completely life-changing for a lot of the people who live here but then the the fact that they need to win the lottery to escape the the situation in life that they are placed in they win the lottery and they still might not get yeah and then and it's a brilliant return to that like that these people like the only way we're getting out of this is is by winning the lottery and then it returns to that at the end of the movie where they find the lottery ticket is given to sunny and it's uh, but it's still like you have all this money you're it might not come to anything uh and there is that kind of strand of realism throughout the movie that i that i thought was one of the strongest points of the narrative the character of sonny i've got two things to say about him go on the first the first one is i love the fact that he was 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 up for fighting for the rights of his people before he found out that he was actually the the son of italy you know before he found out that it was going to be so difficult for him because nina said to him that you know you can't go to college if you are if, if you are, don't have legal domicile so because uh, because he found that out at the rally he was already there yeah. fighting for people he didn't even know that he couldn't go to college but he was already in before it affected him he was already into it um yeah. i really enjoyed that about it the second thing is <laughs> funniest line in my opinion in the whole thing uh Close, uh, you know, a, a close second to whenever Usnavi saying, "How do you get this gold shit off?" The the the, <laughs> the, the, the funny the funniest line for me was whenever they're in they're having the the carnival uh, when it's really really hot, and he comes in and and, and talks about how Vanessa was his babysitter first. <laughs> yeah, that is great. <laughs> that that was funny. He Sonny's one of the best characters in this. I think I liked uh, him. Yeah. yeah, he he's he's a really strong character and uh, gets uh, one of the kind of central standout musical moments in 96000 where he gets to kind of um like rap about about uh like the the how like even with 96000 like the world isn't going to change and he's going to like implement kind of you know systemic change at a grassroots level um and it fe- he feels a bit like an author insert in some ways because it's like yeah, yeah. Uh, you know this this kid is is you know spitting some truths um but uh, but I I really really likes him um I think talking about you know our favorite characters and character moments leads us very naturally into uh usnavi's name which uh, <laughs> I, I i will i will admit that anthony has made this joke once already and i was like that's a cracker we've got to put that in the podcast so we're, we're rehashing uh rehearsed material here um usnavi anthony how does he get that name and what is your opinion of limamo randa's pro-military stance <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so basically his navi's name is because it's u.s navy yeah. and his father saw it on a ship when he was coming into uh, new york yeah. and every single time his navi was doing something in the film then i would like annoy everyone in the cinema by turning to my wife and saying very interesting political statement yeah. to have that woman so passionate about the u.s navy that <laughs> yeah, she'll yeah. literally kiss it yeah it's a bold stance in this day and age to be that pro-military honestly yeah. I, I, I can't see it going down well with the left but um <laughs> Yeah, that's a that was a nice dumb joke. I enjoy I enjoyed yeah. that in the uh, oh, in so this good. movie. Um, <clears throat> did you have any any particular musical numbers that stood out to you in this apart from the ones we discussed? I did like Champagne. I, I will yep. say um, the uh, the one that the Abuelita sings, which I'm not a hundred percent sure uh, the name of it. To be quite honest with you, having said that, it's like right before she passes away. Yeah, and and the sort of big she's the big linchpin in the whole community, which sort of drives everyone to question what they're doing and everything like that. And Usnavi almost sort of decides to step into that role in a way. Yeah. Uh, not that he's going to foster a lot of children, but he sort of, in his community, he decides to be the leader um, to, to sort of stay there and sort of build the community again. Um, 
I will say I really enjoyed that role. I think that the actress did a fantastic job. Clearly, straight off Broadway, she's fe- she was she was great. Yeah. I lo- I loved. It was really like sad and maybe a little haunting as well. Her story in that you know she was talking about her mother in Cuba and when she brought her over and she was talking about the idea of inheriting dreams. Yeah. And and the song sort of implied that she didn't actually achieve the dreams that she inherited. And then at the end, it feels like she's got a decision. Is she going to go into the light or is she going to come back? It seemed like at the end, like she had a decision. And yeah. even though she just sang about how the fact that she didn't really achieve her dreams, she still decided to, to go. You know, she still decided yeah. to go. I thought it was really interesting. Lovely done. I love the musical video sort of. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that was so- the, the presentation of that was very striking. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, one, one of the best um, uh, musical numbers from a, from a production stance, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I, I really, I really enjoyed that, and I think that, I think that it was fairly successfully uh, highlighted how important she was to the community. Again, like, I think um, at, in a musical, like a lot of a lot of it sort of just stands on the music. Um, so I think that as a film, maybe they didn't put enough into it. But I think mm. musically, I, I, it worked for me, uh, and I and I just. I just, I just liked it. I thought that was lovely, and I'd watch yeah. that again. No, absolutely. There, there were a, like, I, you know, so I'm, I'm gonna be. My general feelings about this movie are that it was okay. Uh, I have some problems with it, as we discussed, but I think the music is. I, I would never have a problem with the music. I think the musical numbers are where it's certainly at its best. Um, I think that this. I wanted to. It's not really issuing a clarification, but there's. I've been reading up more about like the kind of um, controversy around the casting in this movie mm-hmm. and i thought it was worth mentioning again um although more intelligent and more eloquent people than i have um have discussed it in far more depth than we're, than we're going to um but so the the washington heights is essentially known as like the little dominican republic because the vast majority of people there are from the dominican republic and 90 percent of the people in the dominican republic have some kind of uh black heritage and i, I was doing some more reading um after last week's episode where we talked about the lack of representation of darker-skinned mm-hmm. Latinx individuals in this movie. Um, and I definitely did notice it. Benny felt like, basically, or Corey Hawkins' character, Benny, basically felt like the only character um, with with dark skin in this movie, which was... It, did, it, 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 it definitely did stand out to me. And it's a shame, because I, I feel like this movie could have it's not when when we approach things like this as we i think as we've tried to say in the past this is not like a rod with which to beat this movie and say oh it's a bad movie because of this things aren't Mm -hmm. binary like this it's not a good or bad movie based on how much representation is in it i think it's just a shame that i feel like they got so close to making a movie that as you say is so so brilliantly representative of or brilliantly captures like the spirit of of the place that it's trying to uh, that it's set, and then just fails in this kind of one crucial area. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I think I'm not, I don't have much to add what I've said about about it before, but it's 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 something that I wasn't aware of until you brought to my attention, and I think that that it is a shame. It is a shame, and yeah. it might be it, it's a shame that in the communities that it's trying to represent, this film won't be held as in high as, as higher regard as it will be in the in sort of communities like ours yeah be, be, because because it didn't represent them well enough and that is that is a real shame and and it's sort of you know hopefully that they, they, they the creators of the of the film learn their lesson yeah from, well I, and, and as, as i say to his credit lin-manuel miranda was very quick to get out and be like yep i screwed up i should have you know we should have paid more attention to what we were actually doing here and uh hopefully uh it, it don't happen again um 
but I think um, I'm trying to think what else I wanted to mention about this. Oh, the last thing I was going to mention about it was I don't think you've actually seen this movie, so this might fall completely on deaf ears for you. Um, but this is the second music or musical slash mu- music related movie I've seen with Corey Hawkins in this week. Uh, the other being oh. a rewatch of Straight Outta Compton, the uh, NWA biopic where he plays Dr. Yeah, Dre. I haven't seen it. Yeah, and, yeah I haven't and, seen it. Yet. And I, I do think that Straight Outta Compton is a better movie. <laughs> better movie. Well, from what I've heard, Straight Outta Compton is apparently very, very good. Yeah, it's a great movie. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I was kind of like, I did spend a while while I was watching this movie, like looking up what other things these people were in, um, and uh, I found out that Anthony Ramos was also in another i guess you could kind of call it a musical in uh a, a star is born he was lady gaga's friend at the restaurant in that oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. So, um so you know we've got they've got a rich pedigree oh he was yes i actually remember that because because he's also in hamilton and uh and i ah. and i recognized him from hamilton there and he's he did really well in this i thought and also um you know in the the moment where they uh lynn malmore miranda's dancing through the bus and then there's oh, also yeah. the guy there's also the guy who's the ice cream guy yeah, the mr whippy guy or whatever yeah the mr whippy guy he actually played george washington in, in hamilton oh okay that's in what yeah. so did Anthony ramos start on um or ramos i'm not sure how he pronounced it but um did did he start on broadway then or what is he a broadway a broadway actor as well yeah well he obviously he clearly yeah he's he's he was in the original cast of hamilton yeah um he actually plays a character i can't remember his name but there is a lot of uh people who think there's like a conspiracy that um hamilton and him had a lot of uh sort of had had a had a particular uh relationship which wasn't documented in history, history oh, okay. books um and there's a lot of uh fan art we will say about that uh <laughs> god bless them god bless musical yeah. fans god um, bless them but yeah so um no that's uh, interesting that is very I will say I will say now actually musical fans and Hamilton fans Conrad has not seen it what we're doing is we're waiting till we are together in person and then we're going to because I want to watch it with him for the first time so he watches it with me for the first time and then we'll do a, a podcast about Hamilton at yeah. that point I w- yeah I'm looking forward to watching that I, I I think um it's interesting that Anthony Ramos was was uh was in in Hamilton because honestly when I see someone start like where uh, Obviously, it's like kind of appropriate to the the, the the place that this is set. But when a musical starts and one character is notably like doing spoken word and rap a lot more mm-hmm. than all the other characters, I was like, "Are you? Can you sing? <laughs> like, are you? Are you just like? Are you kind of like having? Well, to you haven't do? seen Hamilton yet, Conrad. Yeah, uh, but that, it's exa- that's, that's exactly the se- it's it's the style of Hamilton. There's some songs in this which could literally just be put into Hamilton. Yeah. They're the exact same style. There's even a couple of like musical motifs, which I was watching it. I was like, me and Ema both were like, oh my God, that's like basically a verse of Hamilton, you know? Okay, well, that's interesting. And and as I say, I while I had mixed thoughts on the kind of narrative and the structure of this movie, I think the music was great. So if the ha- music in Hamilton is similar to this, I am sure I will enjoy Hamilton when I, when I finally get round to watching it. Uh, but it sounds like you would recommend this movie then, Anthony. I would. Yes, I would, I, I would recommend it actually, yes. Uh, but go into it knowing that it is a musical um and and it the pacing is not the same as a normal film i think if it was a normal film there's no way it would have been two and a half hours long yes yeah i i think yeah they 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 felt it felt overstuffed in some places and then really bare in others which is a weird thing mm-hmm. to say about a movie but but it, it just yeah it, it was bloated in some parts but overall not bad uh i, I i'm i'm excited to see well i guess what lin-manuel miranda does next um he's probably got another music i don't know when this came out actually in broadway do you say it was 2015 
No, no, no. This is actually his his first one. So this, oh, this came is the out. First one. Oh, okay. Yeah, this came out like the well, the actual original cast album came out in two thousand eight, but I don't know when they actually. If he, I think it probably started off Broadway first and then sort of moved in, but yeah. I don't know when it originally started. But it was like about fifteen years ago. Okay, well there you go. Maybe, maybe he's got another something cooking, something cooking for mm-hmm. us. Um, but I think that is going to do it for us here. Well, on, before uh... we do, Conrad, I've actually oh. got something something to talk about. Oh, um, and I think it's just gonna be one or two minutes, but I think the listeners might be interested in this. I'll be. Re- uh, yesterday in my hometown, I went to, I went down to get some Chinese takeaway. Would you believe it was lovely? lovely. Uh, the same Chinese takeaway that I tw- that I worked in for six years from the age of 13 to 19 oh yeah i know the very one and next door uh there is a an old uh an old shop which used to be a uh, dvd and video vhs rental uh shop okay and they have decided very recently to end their dvd rentals so this is now there's no more dvd rentals in my hometown at all (laughs) the main the main the main chain one is gone and now this is the independent one gone now as well but because of that, they're selling off all their DVDs yep. for like a, for a pound each. So oh. we, we picked up we picked up three, and I was gonna I was gonna show the uh, the the audience uh, what what ones we got. Oh yeah, uh, I can't wait. Yeah, let's do this. So they're films that we should have seen, but we haven't seen yet. I'll start with the most disappointing. I will say that I didn't choose them. Ema so came so you, back. you haven't watched these yet. At the at the point of recording, you have not yet watched these DVDs that you purchased. I have never seen. Well, yes, I haven't seen them, but I also have never seen the films. So, yeah, okay. and and Ema also got them without me knowing. But I think they're they're interesting enough. The first one, probably the most disappointing, the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Oh, I don't uh, have I seen that. I might have seen that. I don't remember anything about it either way. Ben Stiller directed it. If it was anything yeah. like the Cable Guide, probably not very good. But I know. But I know that uh, what do you call it? Um, Ema probably by- bypassed some pretty good films because she just wanted to buy ones we hadn't seen. I will strategically cover up someone's face on this next one. Uh, oh boy! And that is Baby Driver. Okay, yeah, uh, that's okay. I'll be interested to see what you think of Baby Driver. That was one of those movies where it was good. I feel like there's a character who's very good bad guy who leaves that movie way too early, and then they kind of mm-hmm. scramble to replace him in the cast and don't do a good job. And I think it's one of those movies where people were tricked into liking it because it had a lot of licensed music in the soundtrack. <laughs> but I'll be interested oh, really? to see what you think. I, I I enjoyed it still, but I didn't think it was as good as everyone said it was. Okay, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing yeah, that now. Let's have, um, I'm interested to see your thoughts. And the last one, well, it's the last one, but I have another one to show you, which I didn't get from the shop, but I will oh, okay. show you. The last one is Murder on the Orient Express. Ah, Kenneth Branagh. I think that's Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh, Branagh who directed that. Yeah, that, yeah, he directed that, yep. I've, I've wanted to watch that for quite a while now because I, I you know Kenneth Branagh good director that cast I mean there's someone who we have to cancel in that cast unfortunately as well because yeah Hollywood what are you gonna do uh, there's always there's always shits about um, but uh, an absolutely stellar cast in that I can't imagine it's gonna be anything but, but, but good fun at the very least yeah, yeah, exactly. And last one, which I didn't get, I was actually we were actually given this. I assume we were giving it, given it, because it's still in the it's still in the cellophane. Okay. Maybe he just lent it to us by Ema's father. And that is something that I really cannot wait to watch. Oh boy, Time Bandits. Oh, the um, the Terry Gilliam uh, <laughs> yeah. movie. Yeah, I've, I haven't seen that since I was like, God, I was probably six or seven the last time I saw that movie. I yep. remember enjoying written, written it. By Mike, written, written by Michael Palin and Terry Gilliam, directed yep. by Terry Gilliam. Yeah. I, I think you'll enjoy that. It depends. How, how, where, do you, where do you fall on, on uh, Monty Python humor as a general rule? Um, I, I, I haven't watched anything Monty Python since I was a teenager. Okay. Um, but, I, but I will say 
that I like um, Holy Grail and I like um, Life of Brian. Life of Brian. They're the two that I really like. Uh, I never watched the TV show, um, and the the meaning of life one didn't really hit hit okay. well with me. Yeah, meaning of life is a bit hit and miss. Although I I think the funniest bits in meaning of life are uh, are up there with the uh, with the best. But I mean, if you like if if you like Monty Python, you'll probably like Time Bandits because it's similar similar kind of humor, not as much, but but similar kind of humor. So I because I because he knows I love time travel films, so he. <laughs> <laughs> Gave that. I was like, "Is this is this like the type of tribe rule for uh, more like?" But well, maybe maybe we've got ourselves set up for uh, for a future episode with that one. Yeah, uh, th- <laughs> that that'll bandits. be the the natural sequel to Primer is Time Bandits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the true best time travel film yep. of all time. Is this the best time travel movie ever? We'll just use that title for every single <laughs> everyone one. for the next twenty episodes. Well, there you go. That that's a little uh, that's a little morsel, some some crumbs for for you to enjoy, uh, dear listener, to to maybe uh, give some hints of what we, uh, what we will be talking about in the near future, or maybe not. Who knows? Um, <laughs> But that's going to do it for us here on the Best Movie Podcast ever, which leaves us with uh, one simple question to answer, as we always do, and that is, Anthony, what's your favourite movie? Hamilton? Is that a movie? I'll yeah. go Hamilton. There's a, there's a, uh, a film version of it. <laughs> a filmed yeah. version, I should say. Um, mine is La La Land. I love that movie. Um, and I sorry, don't... sorry. No, it's Moonlight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Warren Beatty is checking the card and it actually says Moonlight. Sorry, uh, Ryan Gosling. Thank you to Nancy Wyatt and Jared Iscariot for the use of our theme song. You can uh, find a link to their stuff in the link below. And thank you to you for joining us. Please consider subscribing if you haven't already. We're the Culture Cave on YouTube and the best movie podcast ever on podcasting apps. Give the show a like, get involved in the comments. It really does help. And we will see you same time, same place next week. And cut. <laughs>